1: hour number two of the morning after on this monday morning continues right here right now on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 the home for sports grid radio on sirius xm and all across the sports grid network i'm your host ben stevens in this second hour the focus shifts a little bit to college sports bowl season underway in college football there's two nfl games tonight there's also a ball game tonight Bowl season in full effect underdogs in overs prevailing in a big way to start off bowl season both on friday and saturday night we recap that weekend of bowl season how it can lead you to more profitability moving forward through the rest of the most wonderful time of the year we'll talk some college hoops right now as well and then look around the association in this second hour the mouth in the south mark Zeno joins us to look at college football and where things stand we are going to start to see some market movement well still about two weeks away from the college football playoff semifinals that's on new year's eve day a week from friday when might we start to see the market move and how can you get ahead of those market movements but right now we focus on the weekend that was in college basketball the number one team in all the land the baylor bears the reigning national champions remain undefeated one of six remaining unbeaten in all of college basketball baylor knocking off oregon in a great non-conference test now the ducks have not been as good as we expected this year ranked number 13 in the ap preseason poll oregon now just six and six straight up just three and nine against the spread this year because baylor covered as a six and a half point favorite on saturday night against oregon winning 78 to 70. so as you look at the baylor bears right now the second ranked team in ken palms efficiency ratings the number one overall team in the ap poll and again one of six remaining undefeated teams out of 358 that play division one college basketball the baylor bears continue to do it with defense they rank top five in both offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency right now in all of college basketball and they cover as a six and a half point favorite against oregon they have covered in three straight excuse me four straight games i'm giving baylor not enough benefit of the doubt here baylor has covered in four straight games they have been a favorite in every game this year and baylor not only a perfect ten and 0 straight up but also a good team against the number seven and three ats and again let's focus on oregon a little bit here just the second game for the ducks as an underdog this year they have not covered in either of those games and a reminder three and nine ATS this year sorry Jack our fearless associate producer on this show Jack Weinberger texted me on Saturday morning saying Oregon in a big way tonight against Baylor the line worked in the Ducks favor but Oregon could not cover a six and a half point spread falling by eight at the hands of the number one team in the country the Baylor Bears now when you look at Baylor also from a futures market perspective both national and within their own conference in the Big 12 Baylor right now time for the fourth best odds to cut down the nets once again. At twelve to one, they are tied with the Kansas Jayhawks, a team from the Big Twelve, both at plus twelve hundred. And Kansas and Baylor tied at the top to win the Big Twelve Conference right now on FanDuel, both at plus one seventy. A little bit of movement in Baylor's favor, even from just a couple of days ago in this marketplace. Kansas was plus one fifty five as the favorites to win the Big Twelve title, now plus one seventy because Baylor, who was plus two twenty also plus 170, the co-favorites to win the Big 12 Conference. Baylor, very, very impressive yet again. Scott Drew knows how to run a basketball program, and that's what he has done so far in Waco, Texas, continuing that success this season. As we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here to the second hour of the morning after on this Monday, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. In all of our radio affiliates, I am Ben Stevens. Looking back on the weekend, that was in college basketball a ton of great games on the Saturday slate including a top 25 tilt between number five Gonzaga and number 25 Texas Tech in a game we expected to be competitive Gonzaga showing why they are still at the tops of college basketball winning this game by 14 points 69 to 55 Gonzaga as we were just talking about in relation to Baylor Gonzaga back now to the number one team in the Ken Palm efficiency ratings on that website. The second most efficient offense in all of college basketball. When you see those 69 points that Gonzaga scored this year, it was only the second time this year that Gonzaga has scored less than 80 points so far and Gonzaga covering as a 10 and a half point favorite against the red Raiders snapped a four game non cover streak for the zags but a big win over texas tech was a team known for their defense limiting gonzaga to only 69 points yet the Zags still covering as a 10 and a half point favorite over texas tech total of 147 and a half stays well under the zags have now gone under in three of their last four games gonzaga the favorites to win the national title as they have been all year plus 600 right now on the FanDuel sportsbook one note though drew timmy the outstanding forward for Gonzaga, who was the highlight of NCAA March Madness last year. We all remember the handlebar mustache and that celebration. He was the favorite to win the Wooden Award beginning this season. He only had seven points against Texas Tech. He is no longer the favorite to win the Wooden Award. The second shortest odds still at 600 EJ Liddell from Ohio State is the favorite now at five to one. Also on Saturday, because of COVID cancellations, we had a blue blood battle between North Carolina and and kentucky a game with a very short spread entering around two and a half points three points in kentucky's favor the wildcats easily covering winning big by 29 points 98 to 69 it snapped a five game winning streak for the tar heels of north carolina kentucky looking really really good who was coming off their most recent game a loss to notre dame kentucky able to jump on north carolina from the very beginning winning that game 98 to sixty-nine. On the other side of the break, we go from college hoops to the professional rents around the association. That's next to you on The Grid.
0: Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. Sportsgrid.com.
1: Welcome back to the morning after on sports grid Sirius XM channel 159, the home for sports grid radio on Sirius XM. I'm Ben Stevens. We just talked some college basketball now time to take it the level up to the NBA as we go around the association from this past weekend, letting you know what lies ahead for the NBA this week. Some COVID concerns across the league, three games postponed last night, but a team that had two straight games postponed in the earlier portion of the week, back in action last night at the United Center in Chicago. The Bulls are back after having two games postponed. They take on the Lakers last night, and Chicago returns to the floor with a big win over Los Angeles. 115-110 last night at home over the LA Lakers. So Chicago closed as a six and a half point seven point favorite. They did not cover, but the total of two sixteen and a half does go over. Chicago, though, back in the win column. 115 110 so the bulls this year 18 and 10 straight up one of the best records in all of the eastern conference also one of the best records against the number in all of the nba despite not covering last night chicago is still 17 and 11 ats this year a reason why DeMar DeRozan back into the fold for Chicago. He has been fantastic this year for the Bulls. The free agent signing that left a lot of people scratching their head. Why was Chicago paying this guy so, so much money? Well, DeMar has proven those people wrong, at least so far here in this NBA season. A game high 38 points last night for the Bulls, leading Chicago to the five point victory over the la lakers of course anthony davis and some news over the weekend an mcl sprain in one of his knees for the lakers he will be out at least four weeks he suffered that injury on friday night against the minnesota timberwolves so with no ad the lakers fall by five points lebron did all that he could to propel los angeles to a victory 31 points for lebron last night 14 rebounds and six assists the lakers do cover as a six and a half point seven point underdog they are now six and four against the spread as an underdog this year it also snapped a six game under streak for los angeles the lakers were one of the hottest teams as it pertained to the over early on in this nba season but had played six consecutive unders that was snapped last night as the total of 216 in a hook goes over in chicago so this A game for the Lakers that they were hoping to buck a small trend here after winning three straight games earlier last week, losing in Minnesota on Friday night on the road, also losing last night on a Sunday in Chicago. Two straight losses for the Lakers, who again will be without Anthony Davis for at least the next four weeks due to that MCL sprain for the brow things to keep in mind as we continue to book the lakers moving forward they were booked as an underdog against a team who had just missed two straight games due to covid issues within their basketball organization maybe without anthony davis the lakers continue to be booked as a dog and you can find some profitability on a team that is not very good against the number all year long as an underdog at the very least above 500 six and four against the spread the chicago bulls one of the best ats records in all of the association 17 and 11 against the number despite not cutting from last night still a win 115 110 good to see chicago back on the floor as we continue to go around the association follow me here for a total that was booked at 231 in a hook last night out in the desert between the phoenix suns and the charlotte hornets 231 and a half is one of the loftiest totals we have seen here in the last month in this nba season we saw some bigger totals at the end of last year i think the books had some inflated numbers entering this year it's a big reason a good majority of the league has played a majority of their games to an under not the charlotte hornets and last night against the phoenix suns certainly not that team in the valley of the sun either 231 in a hook has no issue going over as phoenix absolutely destroys the charlotte hornets last night 137 106 at home phoenix now an nba best as you can see there in that wonderful looking graphic 24 and 5 straight up this year that is the best record in all of the nba phoenix 16 and 13 against the number they have covered in three straight and that total of 231 in a hook still goes over why all five starters for phoenix scoring in double figures they had a couple of double figure inputs from the bench as well Phoenix covers last night as an eight and a half point favorite. They have been a favorite in 25 of their 29 games. They are 14 and 11 against the spread as a favorite this year. 231 and a half goes over the third straight game for the Phoenix Suns going over a total. This is nothing new for the Charlotte Hornets. They have played the most overs in all of the NBA. So far this year, the Hornets have 20 overs. The next closest total, 17 across the nba charlotte's over percentage of 64 and percent is a large large percentage especially when you take into account that charlotte is going over these totals by an average margin of eight points per game by far the highest margin falling over totals on average across the entire association so you will see big totals for charlotte even at 231 and a half And they still might not be big enough because last night, Phoenix winning 137 to 106. Now, when you put this into correlation to the futures market, a couple of teams here we're talking about in the Western Conference with both the Phoenix Suns and the L.A. Lakers in action last night. Some of the best odds to win the Western Conference title right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Suns. Currently the best record straight up in the NBA at 24 and five. The Warriors, the second best record, just a half game behind at 24 and six. Golden State, the favorites right now at plus 280 to win the Western Conference crown on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Suns odds, though, getting just a little bit better. Only 80 cents behind Golden State at plus 360. Earlier in the week, they were plus 390. The Warriors were plus 290. Both teams' odds have gotten shorter, but Phoenix is... Deficit behind where Golden State is right now. Also only 80 cents at the moment at plus 360. You see the Lakers at plus 470, as are the Utah Jazz. tied for the third best odds to win the Western Conference right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Suns winning by 31 last night. The Lakers falling by five on the road in Chicago. The Lakers as an underdog, 6-4 and four ATS as a dog. Phoenix has been booked as a favorite in 25 of their 29 games this year, 14-11 against the number for the phoenix suns when booked as a favorite this season a team that has been booked as an underdog in every single game this year the detroit pistons but last night the pistons winning as an underdog outright by 10 points winning 100 to 90 over miami it snapped a 14 game losing skid for the detroit pistons a huge day for underdogs in the motor city yesterday both teams at home the detroit pistons and the detroit lions and both winning outright as large underdogs of course the lions knocking off the cardinals in dominant fashion 30 to 12 as a 12 and a half point underdog on the gridiron in the nfl in the nba the detroit pistons follow suit later in the day winning outright 100 to 90 again snapping a 14 game losing skid for detroit they have been booked as an underdog in every one of their 29 games in the nba so far this season they are 14 and 15 against the spread as an underdog not the worst mark for a team that has been booked as an underdog in every game this year this total goes under obviously in a low scoring game that only totaled 190 combined points but the detroit pistons have gone over in six of their last eight games prior to this they have an over percentage in the majority 15 of the 29 games detroit has played this year going to the over i mentioned this game as a way to highlight a great day for detroit sports when things have been booked against them all year the lions as an underdog in every game the pistons as an underdog in every game both of these teams winning outright yesterday the pistons by 10 points 100 to 90 over the miami heat snapping a 14 game losing skid the lions winning outright as a 12 and a half point underdog against the arizona cardinals 30 to 12. it's a time to celebrate the small victories for the motor city for detroit sports that often don't have the time to celebrate both of their teams the pistons in the nba or the lions in the nfl but a big day for underdogs in the entirety of detroit sports also a big weekend for underdogs in college football throughout this bowl season to start out the first eight games underdogs hitting in a big way and winning outright even when booked getting points overs also prevailing big in the opening weekend of this bowl season we recap this opening weekend and look forward to more fun in bowl season up next year on the grid back right here on the morning after on sports grid on this monday sirius xm channel 159 and all across the sports grid network i am ben stevens recapping now the first and opening weekend of the most glorious time of the year yes it's the holidays but it's also bowl season and it began in college football over the weekend on friday with two games and then six games on saturday and helping me To recap this weekend the first of it of the college football bowl season it is mark zinno you can catch mark zinno all across the grid each and every weekend each and every week the mouth in the south as he is known here to recap college football bowl season in its entirety of this opening weekend a weekend mark in which underdogs and the overs were very very profitable was it a profitable weekend for mark zinno to begin bowl season
2: oh it was a very profitable weekend including a three-team parlay with utah state utep and louisiana cha-ching it was very very nice
1: that is very very good so let's start with a game you actually did not mention right there a top 15 team in action on the second day of bowl season that would be number 13 byu taking on uab the line moved in the blazers favor prior to kick from six and a half to five and a half and no matter UAB wins outright thirty-one to twenty eight in the independence bowl. A huge outright victory for Bill Clark and Company. The first ball win for the University of Alabama, Birmingham since nineteen sixty seven, Mark Zeno. A great day to be a UAB Blazer.
2: Certainly was after their brief pause from college football a couple of years ago to return and go win a bowl game against a ranked team, a BYU team, that a lot of people thought maybe at one point in the season deserved talk around the college football playoff after starting out 7 or 8 no whatever it was at the beginning of the year. But this game really comes down to two simple stats here. Third down conversions for BYU where they only converted 4 of 12 and time of possession where they held the ball for 10 fewer minutes than UAB did their numbers were almost basically identical as far as rushing yards passing yards total yards and every other category but it really just was one of those games where BYU could not convert on third down allowing UAB to hold the ball a little bit longer stay in the game a little bit longer eat up some more clock on drives and ultimately I think that was the demise but hats off to UAB who probably had a lot more motivation to win this game than BYU did as BYU's AD talked about just being stopped on the half-yard line as far as getting to a New Year's Six Bowl, and they were relegated to this bowl, the Independence Bowl, as part of an ESPN contract. So from that standpoint, again, it was UAB showing out when they needed to against a ranked opponent, and congrats to the Blazers
1: and you need to take that motivation into the handicap mark is spot on right there it's not often you see a top 15 team in the country playing on the second day of college football bowl season so uab getting their first bowl victory since 1967 again winning outright as a five and a half point closing underdog the total of 54 goes over both of those metrics very indicative of this opening weekend of the college football bowl season as mark Six of the eight underdogs covering that spread, four of those six underdogs winning outright. So, dogs six and two ATS, four outright winners. Seven of the eight totals on this opening weekend of the College Football Bowl season going over, as this total of 54 between UAB and BYU going over as well. We saw a lot of underdogs prevail outright this weekend, including in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Yes, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl and the Utah State Aggies, making Jimmy Kimmel very proud in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium on Saturday night. Utah State winning outright, Mark, as a six and a half point underdog. This line was seven and a half in favor of the Beavers earlier in the week from Oregon State. And Utah State does what they have done all year long they end the year at 11 and three overall six and two against the spread as an underdog this year was utah state winning outright in all six of those covers a great year for blake anderson in the aggies at utah state
2: Absolutely, and you just mentioned that was the key thing that pushed me to the actual money line on Utah State. Look, anytime you get a smaller conference champion going up against a middling power five team that's in a bowl game, I always lean to the smaller conference champion because it goes back to this whole kind of similar ideology of Cincinnati getting into the college football playoff, playing with the big boys and being able to, to say that you belong there. If you put this game in October, i probably take Oregon State over over Utah State nine times out of ten, but when it comes to a bowl game, Utah State had a ton of motivation to go out and win this thing, and Oregon State's on doing 13 penalties for 91 yards in the game, and ultimately it cost them, but you do have to tip your cap to Utah State and the defense that they played in the second half of this game, as you see on the graphic, they're just giving up three points, completely shut down an Oregon State offense and a very good running offense for Oregon State and managed to keep them out of the end zone because it was you know, back and forth there in the first half, especially with Oregon State taking an early lead. You almost felt like they could have built off that momentum and kept it going, but Utah State responded and responded well. And I guess my only final question is if Jimmy Kimmel can get a bowl, when do we get the Ben Stevens Big Ten bottom feeder bowl between Rutgers and Northwestern?
1: Oh. Oh. Listen, I would love to see that. As you can see with the Big Ten flags behind me, that would be a very enticing matchup in my mind. I can sponsor that. Maybe I'll start to get it rolling a little bit out here. Maybe on the East Coast, Jimmy Kimmel can have his in L.A. I'll bring this one to the East Coast. A championship weekend matchup. Maybe you'll have the Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. But before that, we'll give you the appetizer of the two bottom teams in the Big Ten Conference facing off in a cross-division matchup. All these things now, Mark starting to percolate i like where your mind is very very much so we mentioned it utah state six and two against the spread as an underdog this year winning outright in all six of those covers as they did as a six and a half point underdog against san diego state in the mountain west title game so what a year for utah state finishing at 11 and three overall a mountain west championship in that conference and then a bold victory over a pac 12 side in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl this the only total of the weekend that went under and it had the highest over under entering the game at 67 and a half so a lot of what Mark and I are talking about right now which differs a little bit from a lot of the college football weekend recaps we generally do on this show on a Monday morning is it doesn't really matter Utah State doesn't have another game this year Oregon State doesn't have another game this year the trends that we're speaking about how good the Aggies were as an underdog aren't really going to affect us until 2022, and we'll see if those trends even mean anything in a new season. But as we are discussing these games right now, it's to get you a better feel for the rest of bowl season. And again, these trends were very strong over the weekend. Underdogs not only covering, but winning outright in totals for the most part, despite Utah State and Oregon State going under, going over. And that we saw in a huge way in the third game I want to discuss here, Mark Zeno, Bailey Zappi. And the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers taking care of business against Appalachian State. An over-under total prior to kick at 66 and a hook has no issue going over. Almost went over in the first half, as you are seeing right there. WKU winning in a big way, 59-38, a part of a historic day for Bailey Zappi, the quarterback for the Hilltoppers.
2: Yeah, and what a performance it was. And, and you know, moment of silence for those of us who actually in their head, and I didn't play it, but thought, you know, I think this is a high total. This game could go under. Both these teams like to run the ball. App State can control the clock and slow and grind the pace down a little bit. Yeah, that was a bad thought uh, because 10 minutes into this game, I'm like, oh, that, that under is buried. It's, there's no shot. It's coming in. Uh, and Zappi had a lot of motivation because, again, he wanted that record, right? And his team focused on getting him. The record for most touchdown passes in a season. Now it's 62, surpassing Joe Burrow, who played for LSU two seasons ago. And so, you know, you look at uh, what Western Kentucky was up against. Once they got out and got ahead, App's run game, which was their strength, App State's run game, their strength, just got taken out. They, they couldn't keep up. Uh, and, and credit again to the Hilltoppers for their game plan and the way they played. But Appalachian State had no answer. Uh, for Bailey Zappa, and their, those wide receivers running through their secondary. And once they turned it into a track meet, it was advantage WKU the whole way. Even on Saturday morning, Western Kentucky was booked as a three-point underdog as
1: everybody started to wake up for the opening game at 11 a.m. Eastern for that Saturday's late in college football bowl season. The line started to work in the Hilltoppers' favor. It closed pretty much closer to a pick but I still count Western Kentucky as one of the underdogs winning outright on saturday throughout this first opening weekend of the college football bowl season and a moment here to truly highlight the greatness of bailey's Depey in the 2021 college football season for western kentucky he is now the new all-time fbs record holder for most passing yards in a single season and most passing touchdowns in a single campaign as well breaking both of those marks on saturday surpassing Texas Tech's B.J. Simon's old passing yards record. Now Bailey Zappi finishes this year with 5,967 passing yards. Yes, nearly 6,000 passing yards in a single college football campaign. And then he passed Joe Burrow's passing touchdown record. Joey B. had it at 60 from that 2019 season in which LSU won a national championship. Bailey Zappi finishes with 62 passing touchdowns in the 2021 college football season. Why he had 422 passing yards in six passing scores in the ball game down in Boca Raton between Western Kentucky and Appalachian State so a huge day for Bailey Zappi one of the best passing offenses the top passing offense in all of college football all year long for Western Kentucky Bailey Zappi leaving his mark on the record books in college football he was a guy Mark that played at Houston Baptist last year an FCS school that had one game against Texas Tech in the weird 2020 season due to a bunch of cancellations and in that game he showed what he was capable of Most of Western Kentucky's offensive system came from Houston Baptist, some of the coordinators and even the players like the quarterback and Bailey Zappi. So now, in one year at the FBS level, he leaves a record setting mark. Pretty impressive stuff, and that the beauty of bowl season, as well as overs and a live total at 107 and a hook, which we saw for Western Kentucky and App State on Saturday.
2: Yeah, just impressive stuff all around. You wonder how much the kid can elevate to the next level. Will he start to insert himself? into either a Heisman conversation next year or even possibly uh, an NFL draft conversation. But you can't take anything away from the kid. He played, played phenomenal all season long. The new record holder for passing yards in a single season and passing
1: touchdowns at the FBS level, remember the name, Bailey Zappi. So we take all of the trends that we learned from the opening weekend of college football bowl season and we apply it to games coming up, including a game this Monday afternoon. We'll preview that game up next here on The Grid it's college football bowl season it's still the most wonderful time of the year as we look forward to the holidays right here on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 and all across the sports grid network with mark Zeno for a second straight segment on this monday looking at cfb bowl season i am ben Stevens. so we recap the opening weekend a weekend in which underdogs were incredibly profitable six and two against the number four of those six dogs winning outright overs also Very profitable. Seven of the eight bowl games from this opening weekend, both on Friday and Saturday, hitting the over. So we take that knowledge with us to the first bowl game of this new week on this Monday afternoon down there in Dirty Myrtle. The Myrtle Beach Bowl between Old Dominion and Tulsa. And right now, the Golden Hurricanes, a nine point favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The over under total is 54. Mark, do we think the trends that we saw? be very strong over the opening weekend will continue on this Monday afternoon between Tulsa and Old Dominion.
2: If the trend is continue to take the dogs, getting more than a touchdown, then yes, Tulsa this year has only played three games on their schedule that were decided by more than one score. They play a lot of close games. ODU is just in their second bowl game ever, their last one coming back in 2016. So you're talking about five years ago, and we talk about motivation And teams that are more motivated. ODU has a lot more want to to win this bowl game than Tulsa does. Even though Tulsa has played well against bigger opponents like they did against Cincinnati, that doesn't mean that they're going to show out against this ODU team. That they are better than and more talented than. This is too many points for a Tulsa team that hasn't separated a lot from anybody this year. uh, And certainly not on the winning side of separating. They've only done that once by winning a game by more than one score. So, I'm taking ODU, and I'll take the points in this spot.
1: We have seen Tulsa be a great underdog all year. Three big spots against Oklahoma State and Ohio State early on in the first month of the college football season. Tulsa did not win either of those games, but they did cover against both the Pokes and the Buckeyes. And then later in the year, in AAC competition against Cincinnati, covering in that game against the Bearcats, who, of course, are playing for a college football playoff national championship in the semifinal against alabama so big spots for tulsa as an underdog and they did win three straight games against aac foes to end out the regular season covering in four straight as well but as a favorite this year and they're favored by nine points in the myrtle beach Bowl against odu tulsa just three and five against the number as a favorite you heard mark mention it about old dominion they are a hungry team in their second ever bowl appearance and they also had one of the best ats records in all of college football at the conclusion of the regular season nine and three against the spread covering by an average margin of 8.7 points per game and old dominion right now is hot they started out this year just one in five they won five straight to end out this season And when you look at what they did as an underdog in their final three games in which they were booked in all three, they won outright in every one of those games. So Old Dominion playing with some really good football right now and has been great as an underdog this year. And given all that we have seen Mark Zeno from the opening weekend of bowl season with underdogs at least covering a number, maybe even winning outright at plus 260, you have to like where Old Dominion is entering this game both of these teams averaging just a click under about 27 points per game in fact the 69th best scoring offense that's tulsa the 70 70th best scoring offense in all of college football this year that's old dominion so you're seeing that total at 54 again seven of the eight first totals we saw go over in the opening weekend of this college football bowl season might that be the case in the myrtle beach Bowl? again 2 30 p.m eastern time what's better than sitting back on a Monday afternoon, you're slugging through a little bit of work, right? You're having some fun, whatever. You put on the TV, you see the beach down there in Dirty Myrtle, and you get to watch some college football during bowl season. Mark Zeno, that sounds like an ideal Monday afternoon to me.
2: Yeah, pop a cold one, sit back, and enjoy some teams that you've never watched play before. Outstanding.
1: Yeah, that's the best part about bowl season. And if it's an excuse during this holiday time to maybe have a beer a little bit earlier on a Monday afternoon, Mark Zeno and I are not going to judge you in the slightest. So. This is the one game that we have today in bowl season. 2.30 p.m. Eastern kick takes you into Monday night football, the doubleheader, the Cleveland Browns and the Las Vegas Raiders and the Vikings and the Bears as well. And then two college football bowl games tomorrow as well. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl with a nightcap in college tomorrow of a really great game on paper. San Diego State, a top 25 team in the country, taking on the Roadrunners. Meet Meep of University of Texas, San Antonio, otherwise known as UTSA. And right now on FanDuel, the Aztecs, a slight two-point favorite. The over-under total is down at 49. It's the only over-under total not in the 50s so far yet this bowl season. Mark, how do you approach this matchup between San Diego State and UTSA?
2: Well, the total is interesting because if you look at these two teams, San Diego State had their lowest total of the year in week one at 51. Conversely, UTSA had their highest total of the year. I'm sorry, flip that. San Diego State had their highest total of the year at 51. UTSA had their lowest total of the year at 52. All the way back in week one, both of those teams faced that situation. So San Diego State had every other total in the 40s and The Roadrunners had every other totals above 52 or more. So it's definitely contrasting styles. UTSA has a high-powered offense. They score about 38 points a game. But San Diego State is the better defense, giving up less than 20 points a game. And which style is going to win this fight ultimately will tell who's going to win this game. If UTSA can win with finesse, because I don't think they can out-physical San Diego State uh, in this matchup. If San Diego State can push them around and force them into doing things they're not comfortable in doing and put them in situations where they're behind the sticks facing third and long on a routine basis, then I think San Diego State has a decided advantage in this one. But it's one of those games I'd probably sit back and in bet live because of the way I need to see the first quarter really play out. If I'm in a pick and pull, I would probably lean on San Diego State in this spot. But I want to wait and see how this first quarter plays out to see who controls the tempo early
1: absolutely so mark a great breakdown of this game and you're right this is a very big indication of style makes fight san diego state a top 15 scoring defense in all of college football this year in fact the 14th best scoring defense in all of cfb only allowing 19.3 points per game on average to their opponents on the other side the Roadrunners tied for the 14th best scoring offense in all of college football averaging 36 and a half points per game And let's focus on that total because, Mark, I believe which way the total goes, you can correlate it to who is going to win, not only cover, but win this football game. Mark is right. San Diego State, all but two of their other totals this year have been shorter and smaller than this number of the over-under at 49. This is the lowest total by a substantial margin for UTSA all year long and we're talking about two very good football teams san diego state ranked 24th in the country was playing in the mountain west title game did not win it but still 11 and 2 overall this year utsa the champions from conference usa 12 and 1 straight up this year were undefeated up until the second to last week of this college football regular season this is how good the roadrunners have been and how good san diego state has been As well, And we know what Brady Hoke and SDSU want to do. They want to control the line of scrimmage. They want to slow this game down. So when you look at the Aztecs this year, there are only two losses against Fresno State and against Utah State in that Mountain West title game. Both of those totals going over. So in San Diego State's two losses, the totals went over of 44 against Fresno State in a game that fell at 50 points and against Utah State where the Aggies scored 44 points in the mountain west title game to beat sdsu 44 to 16 so if utsa is going to push this to an over that would lead very well into a roadrunner's outright victory as a two-point underdog maybe plus 102 on that money line as well a great game in the tropical cafe smoothie frisco bowl yes the beauty of ball season as well so i cannot wait for this game on a Tuesday. Let's just picture this for a moment, Mark. We talked about how great our Monday afternoon is gonna be looking at the beach down there in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. On Tuesday, you have the famous Idaho Potato Bowl where the winning coach gets doused with French fries into this bowl game that we have here that we're discussing right now, the Frisco Bowl between two really good teams and UTSA, a 12-1 football team, San Diego State an 11-2 football team featuring two uh, NFL games on Tuesday as well. It is a great week for football, Marks. You know, I hope we can all appreciate that heading into the holidays for sure.
2: 100%. I mean, the, the schedule for the NFL, they'll be playing six out of the next seven days. We say Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. They're off on Wednesday. They'll play Thursday. They'll play Friday and Christmas Eve, Saturday, Christmas Day, yeah. and Sunday again next week. It's been a heck of a week, and we get both football, college, and NFL, every day from December 14th through January 6th. Get back and enjoy it, folks.
1: That is an absolutely beautiful thing so Mark Zeno has been providing the expertise here for bowl season both looking back on the opening weekend and how we can take those trends into what we hope is a profitable early week for you for both games that we have Tulsa and Old Dominion in the game that's today and the game we just discussed San Diego State and UTSA on Tuesday but on Thursday we go to the expertise of the mouth in the south because we have the first team from the SEC in bowl season on Thursday in a battle of the Sunshine State between Florida and Central Florida. Right now, the Gators, a a six-and-a-half-point favorite over UCF. The over-under total is at 55. So, Mouth in the South, put on your SEC cap right now and break down this game for us, if you will.
2: Florida is a mess, and they'll still continue to be a mess. And isn't it fitting that former SEC coach Gus Malzahn gets back to a bowl game against an SEC team, so it's not like he's unfamiliar uh, with Florida as an opponent. But as I said, the Gators are just – a complete mess right now between opt outs and the coaching changes and everything else. I'm not sure that not only do they not have the coaching staff to win this game, but they just even have the lead measure of consistency to be able to go out and execute a game plan. With anybody that you can actually trust, UCF is motivated. Obviously, it's an in-state rival. Again, this is a yep. school that, what was it, three four years ago, claimed that they won a national title. So they still have that little chip on their shoulder as the little brother uh, to all the big Florida schools, including Florida State, Florida, Miami, wherever else it may be. But still, I just I can't see Florida getting up enough for this game a- unless UCF plays an outright, you know, slop mess uh, where they're turning the ball over, committing excessive penalties, or anything else it's enough for them to go out there and be competitive in this game, especially catching that many points. If it was around the three, three and a half range, you might be able to to show me some ways Florida could get to a cover, but I could never bet Florida at this spot. It's UCF or nothing for me.
1: I mean, for next year, hopefully it's greener pastures with Billy Napier coming in from Louisiana. He has been a stellar head coach down there in the Bayou for the Raging Cajuns, and he'll take that success to Florida I'm sure. But right now it's an interim staff. It's a shell of a staff with teams that aren't even going to be the team that we saw throughout most of this year. Emory Jones now in the transfer portal at the quarterback position for Florida. Will Anthony Richardson play in this game for the Gators? That remains to be seen. And when you talk about motivation in college football bowl season, maybe this is the game that motivation plays into the most central Florida, like Mark mentioned, has always been that team from the group of five that was supposed to pave the way, was supposed to get the benefit of the doubt to get into the college football playoff. They never did. So now they're watching Cincinnati get that opportunity that they helped lay the groundwork for. And when you talk about this rivalry in state, UCF is taking that approach of little brother that we can't schedule games with Florida. Florida doesn't want to play us. It doesn't benefit the gamers at all throughout the regular season because if Florida does lose to UCF, that helps the Knights in the recruiting battle within that very talent-rich state. So... This is UCF's opportunity to show, hey, we're right here. We're right next to Florida in terms of what we can do competition-wise in this state. They're getting six and a half points. I would also look to the money line because I think Gus Malzahn and the Knights are going to be firing. No Dylan Gabriel. He's on his way to Westwood as the quarterback for UCF, now in the transfer portal and committed to UCLA. But still, I would expect some points in this game, and over a 55 is certainly a possibility as well. We look at the college football playoff semifinals. When might the lines start to move? That's next year on The Grid.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Closing out hour number two of the morning after on this Monday right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159 and all across the Sports Grid network alongside Mark Zeno. For the majority of this second hour, I am Ben Stevens. And we round out our conversation about college football in this second hour by looking forward to the college football playoff. When might the lines start to move? That's what we try to do and try to guess in Guess the Line. mark i'm a glass half full kind of guy here so i'm going to say that we are less than two weeks away from the college football playoff semifinals between alabama and cincinnati and michigan and georgia you could also say we're still about two weeks away from the college football playoff semifinals so at this time as we start to approach christmas and the calendar flips to next week and we focus on what might be coming in the cfp semis when do you expect the lines to start moving with some of that public attention
2: I would assume right after Christmas, just given the way the calendar is with Christmas falling on a Saturday this year, you get your NFL Sunday on the 26th. And then guess what? Everyone's a little bloated. Everyone's a little stuffed. Everyone's a little hungover. They pull out their phone and they look at it and say, let's go check on these college football playoff lines on Monday, the 27th. Oh boy, here we go. Let's get on the action now. So, uh, timing of the calendar speaks to me more than anything. Once you get through Christmas and the NFL Sunday, that following Monday, people will start to turn their attention to those games on New Year's Eve and start to play some action.
1: So maybe still about a week away. Where do you expect the lines to move quickly here, Mark? Do you think it will move in Alabama's favor and Georgia's favor or the other way?
2: Yeah, I think Alabama's going to become a heavier favorite. Uh, I really do. I, it's going to clear 14, I think, by the time they kick this thing off. So if you want to get Bama under 14, do it now. And I honestly think the public's going to jump on Michigan. So uh, if you want a bigger number, act the same way. We can get some early line movement in our favor. Mark Zinno, the mouth in the south all across the
1: grid each and every week, giving you the latest in college football and all across the sports landscape. Mark, thank you so much for your time. Very happy holidays to you. We'll talk soon. Hour number three of the morning after is up next.
2: Dispensing little pearls of sports strategy wisdom like gumballs from the machine where your dad used to take you for a haircut when you were a kid.